Made an A to Z, kind of getting into it, right? Yes. Kind of getting used to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. We should probably we forgot to uh, we should probably mention that uh, I'm Eric. That's right, forgot and I'm Jonathan. Time. Yeah. So yeah, uh, how are we doing today? Pretty okay pretty, on my end. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Solid day. Having fun talking about Maiden. Having fun talking about Maiden, and in Sweden we've entered the the, the cold and and, dry, and dark season, so yes. it's uh, comfortable enough to sit inside and enjoy the the warmth of maiden i guess yeah, you can also if you i mean you live very close to a a huge cemetery, a huge yeah. cemetery which is a really it's a, one of those it's a, called the skogsjukorden in swedish but i think it's called the woodland cemetery in english and it's like it's, yeah. one of those, it's, it's actually a uh a huge cemetery pretty big tourist attraction and uh yeah, yeah. so if you're ever in stockholm you can take a nice walk through the yeah, huge it, cemetery there. It's really cool. I've done it a few times. It's very nice. There's a huge uh, stone cross there, which is like famous from um, band photos, early band photos with entombed. Oh yeah, yeah. There. there's probably a lot of bands who. Yeah, later. I mean, a lot of bands have even just gone there to see the, yeah. the cross and to hang out, maybe drink beers or something like that. Because you got also, if you in the, it's essentially you have there's a, there's a bit of it, the oldest bit of it, where there's these sort of. Uh, dilapidated you know gravestones there so some of them are sort of turned over slightly or you know not that someone's turned them over they just you know via just because they've been there for so long it kind of turned over or or overgrown or it's an an old cemetery but amongst the the trees it looks really cool so i can imagine there's it seems like there's i'd be surprised if there isn't a few horrible black metal videos (laughs) probably most likely like running around the grainy footage yeah with holding like rubber swords <laughs> and I know that uh, Catatonia did uh, take a band photo there as kind of a tribute to Entombed way later. Oh, yeah. And they were at the time not at all a death metal band, but oh. you know, still like a, a Stockholm band for yeah. sure. And um, it's a classic spot. Now I'm glad to have it close to me. I also have like a small forest in, on the other side. So now I can, I can take my walks and I yeah. like to listen to uh, music, especially if I'm mixing it or writing it. I like to leave the house to properly listen to it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And um, yeah, just, you get less distracted, I guess. On the on the walk and talking about podcasts, that's usually how I listen to them as well. Me too. Me too. Uh, on the commute or on biking or or walking. For, for me, it's walking or like at the gym because then I can focus on just listening to them. Yeah. And actually, funnily enough, the song we're going to talk about today, I actually last time I went on a walk through uh, the that cemetery, I, I, cemetery. I listened to this song. Oh, it's a fitting song for it's a very nice kind of yeah fitting song for for the topic as well yeah. and then as you dear listener you've already you already know right because it's yes. in the title of the episode it's yeah. afraid you strangers yeah. today uh for me a very dear song because it was kind of it wasn't the first song i heard by the, by maiden but it was the first song when i got the iron maiden shills you know mm-hmm. the, the iron maiden uh, vibe if you will or you know when when you kind of become a, a fan for life i yeah. think and it was because of of, um, when it hits in after after the verses with with that melody, definitely. 
for me, that was one of the songs. I think I probably mentioned it. I don't know, but in our intro episode, but it was one of those songs that made me uh, want, want to become a guitar player. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it was the song. Mm-hmm. Do you remember any other songs or riffs? Oh, from? I mean, I think that they're, they're not particularly original. I mean, like one of them was obviously Master Puppets. Yeah. And then there was... Um, actually, yeah, funnily enough, uh, Anesthesia, Pulling Teeth by Metallica, because I didn't know when I heard it the first time there was bass. I thought it was guitar too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but then it was this, this stuff, because Metallica, that kind of stuff was just very, you know, very riff-heavy kind of stuff. But this was a whole new thing for me. It was, I didn't... I. Yeah, exactly. anything like it really. Exactly, and it kind of stands out even for Maiden uh, when that melody hits. Um, yeah. We might as well just tackle that because we're not doing these things like in uh, by timestamp, right? No, no, no. When no. they get into that, then that part, it's like it's not harmonized. They play it in unison, which is kind of odd for Maiden. So both the guitars are playing the same melody, and then um, Steve, of course, with the harmonizing with his big power chords yeah. and single notes under it and then the synth comes in like delayed a bit so they, they hit it for a while and then the synth comes to even further harmonize the melody now they, they did this one on the 2013 tour correct yeah now you you saw them then. i saw that and that was cool for me uh, it was really good yeah, i missed that one but yeah. did when they now there are three of them they all just play the same thing or was there harmonies oh i wish i i had to go to a recording for that but i think Probably oftentimes uh, when adrian plays songs from the 90s era he uh, harmonizes by going an octave lower and it makes a thicker sound he, he does this in fear of the dark for example in the clansman i think on a few spots and he likes to take out his list pauls for these songs he doesn't have any solos he doesn't need a whammy bar or anything so he takes so out- yeah so i guess in the 90s stuff because a lot of times obviously when they do uh, 80s stuff yannick will you know he'll get one of the solos yeah but when they're doing 90 stuff i guess adrian just does rhythm yeah he never he never steals the solo from from that and obviously they do way less 90 stuff so like there wouldn't be much room for it if they want to have remotely the same number of solos going on and i yeah. think of course i'm i could be bummed when janik steals an adrian solo even though i'm pro janik we yeah, me too. i'm definitely pro but like uh i remember there was a while some point where they used to do uh during Number of the Beast, where he would do one of uh, one of Adrian's solos at one point, and I was like, it doesn't sound as good. No, because Adrian's solo in that one kicks ass. Yeah, and it's also too bad that he's changed a little bit now. It's slightly different. Oh yeah, maybe so, maybe so. Right. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't know. This is, I I didn't, I don't know this, I don't know, I didn't hear that. But uh, a friend of ours called Henrik, he mentioned that, and he he was mm-hmm. not happy with that because he, he thinks the original is so good, and it is, it's perfect. It is perfect, and I think oftentimes Adrian changes his solos for the better. Like he he kind of improves them yeah. while on stage, but I think that one is you couldn't you couldn't top it. You couldn't make it better. It's like a perfect There's solo no with a rocking energy, and yeah, we'll get to that in Definitely. a while. Definitely. That's in the ends, right? So and yes. number of the beast. Yeah, it's a while. Yeah, in a fridge with strangers, there's no Adrian. So it's kind of like, is this the first song? No, it's not the first one we tackled without him. We had 2 a.m. Yeah. I already forgot about that one. Sorry, 2 a.m. <laughs> it kind of slipped it, my mind again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not like on. you addressed in the episode. You heard it multiple times the same day. Yeah. It didn't stick. No, no. <laughs> It didn't stick. And that cannot be said for Fridge Strangers. No, because it's, 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 it's immediately, it's on you. Killer song, and it's a weirdo also. Like uh, this weird, uh, when it starts out with this uh, mystic 6-8 uh, figure, it's a very harris you know yeah kind of slow bard music you know has this kind of 
feel to it, a rather British feel, yeah. I would say, or like a, what would you call that, folk music? Kind vibe? of, yeah, or Celtic kind of. Celtic, yeah. Kind of. It's also one of the songs I imagine is one of, I mean, I don't know that how easy it really is, but I'd imagine that it's one of the easier Bruce songs to sing. Yeah. Because he's not, he's not showing off. <laughs> this not one much, here. not much, but Blaze did it well too. Yeah, which, some people I know prefer the Blaze version. The live version. Can't say I do, but... No, no, me, not, me neither, but I mean, I think that a lot of people, some people yeah. do. And I'm kind of a Blaze fan, actually. I like so Blaze, too. Uh, it's, but yeah, I, I think he does it well. It was one of the songs by Bruce that he, he does pretty okay. But uh, I don't think it, he improves upon it, really. Not really. No. But definitely not, also not really a Bruce song. Like, if, if, if take these verses, like, they're quite low. Lying... I like that kind of. I mean, this is a song probably Paul could have done too. If they, I mean, it's very different what they were doing back then. But he could have sang. He could sing this. I never thought about that before. But Paul would be great on this song. I think. Yeah. If I'm thinking about songs like Strange World or Remember Tomorrow, it kind mm. of comes in from yeah. that angle. Uh, and also, it's a Harris composition. We didn't mention that it's yeah. one of those Harris only yeah. songs. It is, but it is very like you said, Strange Worlds and that kind. Of, it's very kind of Strange Worlds. It's, kind of, it's kind of atmospheric and yeah. that kind of. And also Infinite Dreams. I think that's why it was on the Made in uh, England, because they didn't do Infinite Dreams, right. uh, sadly. One uh, of my favorite songs. One of the best, yeah. But they put this one on that spot, uh, which kind of makes sense. Either on that spot or on Still Life spot, because they didn't do that one either. That's too bad. So this is the kind of, you know, kind of, okay, we're not playing Still Life or Infinite Dreams, because maybe no one knows those songs anymore. Wrong. They do. Uh, well, everyone knows them. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, if that was a thought, I could see how afraid Jude Strangers would be uh, a, pl- a replacement of that. I think that anyone who knows this song knows those songs. Though. Probably, probably, yeah. It's not among their, you know, if you're talking to a random person, yeah, you know, and you ask what Maiden songs they know, this probably won't be one of them. Yeah. Uh, but it depends what level. If they're, you know, just as casual, no. Sort of second level kind of nerd, they might know it. And then, you know, but I think that they, just as big chance they'll know Still Life or Infinite Dreams. So. Or if they lived in suburbs of Stockholm in the 90s. Because that was, you know, mm. one of the big songs. One of the songs that got mentioned where I was growing up in Haunting. And again, this was uh, seven years after the release. But mm. then you had the Blaze period and maybe that didn't hit as hard. So no. like the, among the rockers in school, Fear of the Dark was the, was the current Maiden album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even in 98. And you had, of course, the title track, Fear of the Dark. Be Quick or Be Dead was often mentioned. And, uh, and this one was mentioned a lot. And, uh, yeah, this was, I remember when I was uh, in, this must have been... Maybe ninety nine or two. I think it was ninety nine, or maybe it was two thousand. That we did the thing where you had the uh, during music classes. You know, every like, like a couple times per semester, you would do like a sort of mini concert for the school, and you had the uh, you know various groups. You know, you know, you break into groups and play songs. And I know there's there was some. Uh, I was visiting my then girlfriend at her school, and the, someone there was going to be they're doing a some kind of concert, and the band there were going to play. We're playing this song. Cool. What they did was that they mentioned that since they you know they didn't figure they didn't feel they could do the vocals justice none none of them attempted to sing it I, I figured they probably could have because it's not that hard a song to sing but they played it well enough it was it sounded alright it's interesting because it was the same in my school mm-hmm. in the eighth grade uh, a few guys played the song without singing too Which school was that Lickeby School oh no that might yeah you know again it's all over Sweden is a maiden country yeah really. definitely and, yeah. And they played that one and I made my stage debut on the same show I never had I, I think I played for three months at that time. So I picked up the bass, figuring it would be easier, and we attempted to do Call of Cthulhu by yeah. Metallica. How'd that go? Uh, not too good, I think, especially uh. on my part and the drummer's part. And we never really had the energy to fully discuss the structure of it. 
So I think we kind of jammed it out, wing, a, winged it. That's a hard song to wing <laughs> yeah. it. So that's... And it was not including all the sections, obviously. But we did it as a three-piece, so I guess I could just try and follow the guitarist. Oh, that sounds... Yeah, I, uh, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Next no. year, only one year later, we did a 10-minute Sabbath medley, and that was way better. And with you, the, you on bass then too? No, then I had uh, switched to guitar. Right. Actually, recently I picked up the bass again. I like playing bass, but uh, but um, yeah, guitar was still the idea. Like, uh, that's what I wanted to play. And uh, yeah, I remember, we, I think we did like uh, Symptom of the Universe, going into War Pigs, going mm. into Children of the Grave, going into Black Sabbath. That sounds fun. Pretty good. Yeah, that's uh, cool. That's good. With a few vocals. Just a few vocals. The mm. ones that we thought that, yeah, we could pull this off. I mean, last time I saw Sabbath, they did a thing where they played... Um, they did like a medley in the middle and they did just a lot of bits just instrumental because there were songs that yeah. obviously couldn't sing anymore, yeah. I guess. Yeah, they do that. Yeah, they, they yeah. can do it. You can do it. That's... Yeah, then you can hear like the Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath, for example. Hard song to sing. Yeah, they're never going to do that. Never going to do that again. They I mean, did. they don't exist anymore, I guess, really. But if, even if they did, there's no way he could do that. They did it on the reunion in 98, but uh, they tuned it. I think he, uh, they tuned it in C sharp as usual, but I think he sang an octave lower yeah. on a few parts, which sounded not good, actually. They, they, they didn't do the, uh, the ending bit, the bit where he actually sings Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. They, he, oh, didn't, he didn't hey, sing that. He skipped that, yeah. yeah. That's high, though. It's really high. It's like if they tuned down the guitars and he decided to go up instead of down with them, <laughs> so go up to the next octave. Yeah. That's super high. Another one I've always wanted to hear that I, you know, Megalomania would have been really cool to hear. That's a cool song. They, you know, again, that's nothing he could do now. It's a very funny part in that song when he kind of also is just, you know, too strung out maybe and he comes in and says, oh, I've got another idea for a for vocal part. And then they put record on and he says, suck me. What's up? What's up? But I like it. I like the effect. It's coming song. from nowhere. Yeah. So with the regards to a fridge is strange yeah, yeah. composition. Yeah, well, that's always going to be tangents. Yeah, right? We'll get to that if we do a Sabbath. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bruce did a good version of that song. He did a very good version yeah, of that song. Sabbath, Bloody Sabbath. Yeah. With, uh, with Godspeed, right? Godspeed, yeah. yeah. Very good one. But um, I don't have any isotracks for a fridge is strangers, but previously we mentioned the, uh, this classical guitarist, Thomas Switzen. He does he, it. He does it. And I think I enjoy his versions because you can really hear... Uh, like kind of the um like let's say a pitch or a presentation of steve's composition with only one instrument yeah like steve famously plays bass in whistles yeah. i don't think that would have sounded awesome no. <laughs> on his own but uh, yeah. with with only six strings he, he kind of manages to pull off vocals two guitars sometimes three and bass well, like and he does dance to death his, his version is yeah great and uh, we're gonna listen a little bit to his yeah. take on afraid to strangers because uh, i find it like really highlights the yeah. The strength of the composition.
doing it on a nylon string guitar. So there's nothing to hide behind. There's no effects. You can't do any kind of... And then there's some point after the solo where it does a little bit of a... Uh, when, when it goes back to the actual... Yeah. Melody, it does a... It has a little, like, a pre kind of... I don't know what to call it, but... It it uh it doesn't just go straight off. It has a little bit of another melody that leads into the back of the old yeah, melody. Yeah, cool. and I think then at the end they also play one melody that sounds like the main one, but it's yeah. slightly shifted. Yeah, yeah. And I call this uh, like the Steve Harris uh, melody marathon, or you know, melody. Mm -hmm. what, what do you what do you call it when you pass the torch in the Olympic running? Uh, I think that's what you call Stuffet. it. Stuffet. I don't know what it is in English. The last example of that was uh, Red and the Black, where mm -hmm. in the middle when he just knocks off melody after melody. Oh, there's so like, much stuff there. And it's like, if you dig Iron Maiden, that's the kind of the ultimate test. Are you into Iron Maiden? Yeah. Uh, first time I heard Red and the Black, I thought it was a bit bloated and strange and didn't really catch on to it. But then I realized that it's so much Steve Harris oh, in, yeah. in one song. And, and this one too, with uh, like melody after melody, and just uh, not happy with just one great melody. Like, let's add another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get that in the title track, Fear of the Dark as well, mm -hmm. that you have some killer hooks, killer melodies, and then more. Mm. And, you know, I don't know how he... I would be curious to know how Steve knows when a song is finished. Uh, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's just working until there's nothing more to do, and then... That might be how he does it. I mean... And then at that point, it's done. Yeah, I mean, I think that in, uh, in the... Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, the difficulty, what I have problems, when, when I'm... Uh, obviously, you know, he, he is a... Uh, <laughs> A little, a little better routines for you know working on his own than I do, but like my problem working when I'm doing stuff on my own is I don't have anyone telling me when I'm done or when something's too much. Yeah, and uh, you know, so you have to have you're doing it on your by yourself. You have to have a very good sense of or a good you know sort of a, a kind of way to exteriorize this experience so you you can you know you know when it's when it's too much or when it's you know not you know it's not enough. And I think that you know in the sixteen albums, you know, hopefully seventeen soon. Uh, he's done a very good job with knowing when he's there. And I think only a couple times has it been like, well, you could have left that out. Yeah. But not that many times. Yeah, I mean, without uh, Birch, he's been more, he's been free to do whatever he wants. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's maybe Angel and the Gambler, you know, the, the length of that song. There's no reason that needs to be that long. <laughs> no, not really. I mean, and even Red and the Black, which I love, uh, like the first part where Bruce has to sing that guitar melody, mm. I think is maybe not the best uh, melody for singing. Maybe not. Uh, I, still, I, still, I, still, I still like it. I think by the Red and the Black, I, I prefer that way over Angel and the Gambler. Yeah, and it's so Maiden. So, I mean, if you dig Maiden, you should really like that song. It was great on, on, this, on the Book of Souls tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great on the live chapter version as well, mm -hmm. with very loud keyboards in that one, which I dig. Yeah. If you listen to live chapter, they really stick they're, out. They're big, yeah. And uh, sound great, so I'm glad they they choose to do it like that. Uh, like really, quite, kind of mixing him up higher than ever before. Michael Kenny, that is, we mentioned him last episode. Yeah, he's the, he's the Steve's uh, bass tech slash uh, and the keyboardist from the band. You know, whenever yeah. they do keyboards, they don't play back. He does it because, you know, yeah, yeah. But he, he refuses to be a member of the band. Uh, like I, I might have mentioned before, he was approached by fans and they wanted autograph and photo with him, and they told him that you're practically part of the band. He was like, I'm bloody not, yeah. and leaves the place. You know, he, he doesn't like it. Like, he thinks it's uh. disrespectful to call him a member of, uh, yeah, of yeah. Maiden. And yeah, maybe I agree. He's not really a member. He's more like a utility of, of the band. Well, does he play in any studio albums? Uh, no, not anymore, but he used to. All right. But then they kind of, 
decided that it's better if Steve plays it rather than telling him exactly what to do. <laughs> you know, it makes more sense to just push the keys himself. Yeah, that's probably cheaper. Yeah. I mean, also, he's like Steve has a sense of special sense of rhythm, everyone says. Well, you know, you know, he knows when, what he wants. He knows how he's going to, you know, so he doesn't. And if it's someone just literally doing something, he can do it by himself. Yeah. And it's not theoretical. He doesn't know theory as far as I know. No, no. Especially probably not rhythm wise. Like, uh, he, yeah, just his own sense of rhythm. And maybe he catches up to the, to the, to the beat or to the rhythm in a special way. Yeah. So it couldn't really be quantized like they did with Bruce in Empire of the Clouds. That's absolutely quantized. Mm. So that's exact. His piano there. Maybe too exact. We'll get to that in a while. Yeah. But um, Steve's playing is definitely by feel. And he plays keys probably in this song. Might have been around that time he started playing. Or yeah. or oh, this yeah. could still be Michael Kenny. I'm not 100% sure. Well, but... Hold on one second. Let me... No, it's Michael doing it on this one. It is? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think he's probably just a very well-paid staff member of the band, you know. Yeah. I think they give him proper compensation. Oh, yeah, definitely. He's definitely, been definitely. sticking around for that long. And he said that before he had these own plans of his own career. But he kind of gave that up and, you know, became comfortable being Steve's main guy or the right hand or left hand, if you will, or yeah, yeah. right and left extra hands, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like Steve's other two hands, basically. I mean, and also I think the job of, of keeping Steve's basses up to snuff is not too difficult because he used the same sound for literally the whole career. Yeah, he's not a very, he's not a very... Um... Techie guy. No, well, that, that's, you know, which is nice. And also, I think it's also fun for... A lot of times bands will um, be, uh, I mean, like if you're a Pantera fan, and yeah. as, as you know, I, I very much am. But if you're, if you know, for kids who want to buy the guitars and buy the, the the pedals and the whole, you know, there's like five, there's so many guitars and so many pedals. It's also kind of weird that they kept releasing signature models after he died. But anyways, uh, but for Steve, it's it's a jazz, it's a jazz. What's he playing? Precision bass. Yeah, so yeah. it's not nothing. You know, it, they're not cheap, but it's not. You're not going to get you know broke trying to. Nah, you can't even get like a, a Japanese uh, uh, made version, like a Puncher or Tokai or something from the eighties, and they're going to sound as good probably. I, I just want to say, just I've been checking out here, uh, and Michael Kenny played uh, plays keyboards on. Uh, I'm I'm now up into Virtual Eleven. And he played on all tracks there except the Clansman. I'm assuming he didn't do it in Brave New World, or maybe he did. I mean, maybe he just kept saying. So maybe by that fact, the Klansman could have been the origin of Steve taking over the keys. Like the first time he said, like, nah, yeah, because he let didn't, me play this. He didn't play on Brave New World. No, but on Brave New World, they had this wizard that did like uh, quite a few of the, of the arrangements uh, with the, in, you know, in the Nomad, for example. Yeah, a guy called uh, Jeff Bala who did orchestration on Blood Brothers and the Nomad. So that's, yeah. That's it, yeah. But those are the most key-heavy songs on that one. Uh, but Steve uh, plays quite a bit of keys, I imagine, on the on the millennia past records, like uh, from yeah, it, looked like it's, it seems that way, so yeah. And uh, I think they agreed just, you know, why should he show Michael Kenny exactly what to do if he could just push the keys instead, like tell it to the machine rather than the person operating the machine. Definitely, definitely. Right? And it's very basic keyboards, but they add a lot to Maiden. Definitely. They really they do. do. And, you know, I don't know, like bands like Metallica, sometimes uh, I could have liked if they had like a, they never, atmospheric keys. They've never done that? I think uh, pre pretty much never. Like, There's got to uh, be something on like... They utilize some of it on albums occasionally, I nothing think. On, like Nothing Else Matters, maybe? Uh, orchestration. Yeah, orchestration. Yeah, but not live. No, live, no. they do it as a four-piece, which is hard for a song like that. But obviously they've got good equipment, you know, yeah. good crew, and 
the guitars have a lot of take a lot of those kind of responsibilities in yeah. so, songs like uh, memory remains in the end they have this octave effect almost sounds like a keyboard oh yeah that's right yeah for the for the merry and faithful part oh, yeah, yeah that's for another pod indeed <laughs> actually that probably already exists actually because uh, <laughs> yeah so many metallica pods like so many I'm, I'm not as rabid a metallica fan as a maiden fan and still i'm a quite rabid metallica fan oh i mean so. yeah metallica yeah big, up there for me too but no, not not quite the same as no i kind of settled with just uh, alpha metallica tom quiz pod uh, there are many others like metal up your podcast uh, uh chat i think mm. and so forth but i don't need several metallica pods i'm not sure if i need several maiden pods but i do listen to several maiden yeah. pods I mean, the one I the one I listen to is uh, you know the, the Swedish one. Swedish one, yeah. Well, hopefully, made in, made in Poland. Yeah, uh, and you know, hopefully, we'll see those guys. Yeah, they are they are very comfortable in English too. So there we go. We'll then we'll so, see him here at some point. Hopefully. Yeah, I talked to Joel and said he's going to be on for Fortunes of War. <laughs> That'll be fun. <laughs> but probably not. Maybe a song that he actually likes. You know. Yeah, but we, we could do it a double episode. Maybe could, it's, yeah, that's a good idea. Like a double guest episode where they get one song they love and one song they, they hate. Do, yeah. See what happens. And uh, Afraid Two Strangers, brief lyrics in this one, not long, and I think it's it's very good lyrics actually. Well, the music is the mu- the mu- the, the instru- instru- instrumental bits are the sort of important thing in this here. And I figure that you know the the words, few words that are there are kind of you know emp- you know yeah are more are more sort of complement to the to the music rather than vice versa maybe. And this is the first time we're touching on Fear of the Dark, right? The album. Yeah. And it has sort of a theme. Obviously, it's not a concept album. No album is. Like, Seven Sun is, as they say, 65% concept album. Yeah. Something like that. So, uh, But they always have a theme, a feel. We talked about that in uh, two minutes with the Power Slayer, with the sun, sunny vibe and how the band feels athletic. You know, this one is... Lots of vitamins. This is a lot dark. A lot darker. Maybe you have a lack of vitamin D uh, going, into, the, going yeah. into this one. Yeah. Like, it's very dark. It has this uh, gloomy British forest or uh, park yeah. type vibe going through it and fear is mentioned in many of the songs mm-hmm. and many of the songs address different versions of fear and like you know like uh, wasting love which is uh you know uh i mean it's 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 dark it's stuff that it's not you know it's yeah it's they've always done you know darker themes and whatnot yeah but this even for them is kind of yeah it's also fear like a fear of losing uh maybe of, of a fear of um overdoing um basically overdoing sex and and losing the Losing the, the the purity of it or the the, the actual mm-hmm. uh, the actual feeling, you know, mm-hmm. uh, getting uh, numbed out, yeah, yeah. so to speak, and then you have quicker be dead, the fear of like getting uh, ripped off by multimillionaires. I think it was directly addressed to. Uh, we're gonna get there soon, so because keep that trivia. But I think it was directly addressed to one of those Ratch- Rothschild type characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, just fear of that. Yeah, yeah. From here to eternity is maybe just a Charlotte song. Yeah, and then in this song you get the, the fear of going into war and the, and the reluctance to kill strangers. Now, because when they did, there's a video for this song for Afraid to Strangers. Yeah, yeah, it, it is, it and is. that's filmed yeah. in Israel, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it was about the Gulf War. Yeah, so um, yeah, that's... It makes sense, I guess. Yeah, and uh, I think it's, it's kind of a live version, like you know, they're with you know, inter- but interwoven with like pictures of yeah, you know, tanks and and stuff. I mean, how many songs in are we now? Is this the fourth or fifth? Uh, Fifth, yeah, fifth, and we already had three war songs. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna. There's gonna be more. And out of the three so far, lyrically, this is my favorite. All right, yeah. Because it's high, as we said, it's like yeah, it's like a cock song, great song, but it doesn't really, you know, it's not problematic. It doesn't problematize 
the situation war. at all. No, it kind of romanticizes like, war. Get the fuck up there and, and, and shoot them. Yeah, it kind of shows that because it, it's kind of it's written by someone who's very fascinated by that kind of stuff, and not there's anything wrong with that. But it's it's written by someone who's this this has a more kind of yeah, sober look at what it actually two is. minutes to midnight in between, right? Yeah, uh, like Bruce said, and we we put that in the episode. It's about both the the romantic side of of war and uh, the the loathsome side or yeah, the yeah, horrible yeah. side, and and this song goes into a way more personal. Uh, adaption of what it could be like when you have to go into war mm-hmm. and you have no personal uh, you don't hold anything against the guys that you are meant to kill no personally no because it's not what you're it's your job yeah and uh, you know and you're afraid to shoot strangers and the title is so good i think it's like almost uh it's not a typical song title it doesn't come out like with this strength or with this kind of no, no, clearness that's, that's, that's right it's... Yeah. What would you say is ambiguous title, right? It's kind like, of, yeah, yeah. It, afraid to shoot strangers. Yeah. I, when I heard it the first time, I wasn't like initially responding to it as a great title. I was just okay, strange title. Wait, it, 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 it's uh, it's not quite as straightforward and clear what it is. No, now no, I really dig it. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, obviously in the lyrics, uh, the booklet right here, you you start off in a in a very concrete type scenario like lying awake at night i wipe the sweat from my brow but it's not the fear because i'd rather go now which i guess means that he's like he knows he's gonna go anyway yeah, yeah. He's, there's no quitting it so it might as well go now yeah and then um trying to visualize the horrors that will lay ahead this is sound mound a burial ground also very clear right mm-hmm. don't have to explain that when it comes to the time are we partners in crime there's also questioning are we even doing the right thing here or is this like a huge crime on humanity mm-hmm. that we're even going? And when it comes to the time, we'll be ready to die. Also self-explanatory, right? And um, speeding on ahead, trying to justify to ourselves the reasons to go. Should we live and let live, forget or forgive? Well, how can we let uh, them go on this way? Reign of terror, corruption must end. So here he's kind of trying to justify it. Uh, and we know deep down there's no other way. So now he's kind of set on going right he's decided like okay deep down i think this probably is right or at least he's convincing himself that it's right but maybe just in order to be able to go right like if you're if you have a day at work or something you really don't want to go gotta gotta go anyways yeah yeah you're like your alarm clock rings and it's hell on earth for you like i'm gonna have to take this shower eat a bit of breakfast Mm. because i gotta go yeah there's no other way so, uh, and then uh, after this, uh, no trust, no reasoning, no more to say. It's only afraid to strangers over and over again, which I kind of think really hammers in the sentiment of the song. It's, but it's very simple. It's straightforward lyric. It's very, but very effective. So it's, it doesn't really need any more than that. Yeah. And as you already heard in the Thomas Switzen version, it's full of rich melody. Mm-hmm. It's a great arrangement. Just a very good song. For yeah. me, it's a five out of five. Yeah, definitely. I wouldn't so, change a thing. No, me neither. And that's also going to say it'll definitely go on our list then. Yeah, it is on the list. And I think to play this segment out, I'm going to do a bit of a a Blaze version of it. Yeah. uh, Because we mentioned that too. And he sings it well. This is is not the version on on Best of the Beast because I'm trying to stay out of the actual releases. So this is is recorded by um, Swedish Radio. God, we have to give it up for Swedish radio, man. They've released a lot of good. They've recorded hours and hours of Maiden Live yeah. with good quality. And you can tell that the sound guy in the radio station is a Maiden fan oh, yeah, yeah. trying to mix it, you know, as good as possible. So this is Afraid to Strangers from Kåren in Gothenburg, 95. 
How big? That's not a big place, is it? It's tiny. I think less than a thousand, wow. possibly. Because in the interview segment in this one, he asked, like, so you're playing smaller places now? And he said, yeah, we play some big places. Like in Israel and uh, South Africa, we played two, three thousand. Which today is, nothing. by major standards, nothing. And that was the big hits on this tour. And wow. he said, like, yeah, this is going to be uh, intimate. Uh, let's keep it at that. So I guess it could be probably less than a thousand. I'm going out on a limb and saying that it was less than a thousand in the crowd and maybe even oh, 800, wow. 500, you know. Made it seems so weird that they'd play in that kind of context. These yeah. Days, but... I mean, even though it's 25 years now, still, like oh. it's 95, it's way into the career. Maiden started in 75. It was 20 years into the career of this monolith of a metal band, like uh, our favorite band for sure. Yeah. And how could they be so small? You know, I guess the answer is Bruce leaving. Yeah. And straight as that yeah i mean I, yeah that's so weird and also how metal kind of went down right well, yeah but maybe if, if bruce hadn't left i think that maybe it, they, it still would have been not as good yeah because like i said metal kind of was on a you know yeah. outward spiral at that point but um so do you have anything else on afraid or should we no, cl no, close it off with this close it off close off with this light bit you've sold this place out completely obviously well yeah <laughs> So thank you. I think we've got the hardcore in tonight. At least he's yeah? angling it, right? Yeah. And this is the last rock gig there will ever be in this venue. Because after tonight, they turn it into a museum. Is that what happens? I'm not so sure. So you are witnesses privileged to see the last ever heavy rock event here. Oh, I'm going to check this out. small note you can say that here he plays this lead with distortion yeah. on the album it's clean is it yeah yeah They're not winging it because of the small attendance. Definitely not. No, he definitely sings it worse than Bruce, though. No, he definitely does, but it's, yeah. it's not that bad. No, it sounds cool for his voice. I think his voice works for the character of the song. This, you know, this yeah. unknown soldier. Definitely, yeah. If you will. I just looked it up. Um, Rammstein played the Corin two years after that, so <laughs> okay. probably not. He was not turned into a museum. No. <laughs> oh well. But how can we let them go on this way? The reign of terror, corruption must end. And we Nice small flavors here from Nico with the right symbol. Just... No trust, no reason, no more to say. Let's see if Michael Kenny comes in here. He should. Yeah, there he is. Sounds good.
Yeah, beautiful melodies. So great. So good. That's uh, so good. In case you're curious, uh, the set list for that particular evening was Man on the Edge, Wrathchild, Heaven Can Wait, Lord of the Flies, Fortunes of War, Blood on the World's Hand, Afraid to Strangers, The Evil That Men Do, The Aftermath, Sign of the Cross, Two Minutes to Midnight, uh, Edge, the, uh, Edge of Darkness, Fear of the Dark, The Clairvoyant, Iron Maiden, Number of the Beast, that kind of sounded good, how would be the name and the trooper? I know that didn't sound good because I heard versions yeah. of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, some songs he shouldn't have been singing, basically. And they, 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 did they declare wine on that one? Uh, let's see. I think it, yeah. Let's, let me check it. Yeah, I think they, uh, yeah, clairvoyant. That was uh, right before they did Iron Maiden. Yeah, they, they kept doing it with uh, with him. I guess they thought he could nail it, but he, he couldn't. It sounded yeah. terrible. I mean, that's like, the, I mean, like, again, I've heard horrible versions of the trooper, and that's not his fault, yeah. but they should have, they should have had. Perhaps tune down, even. Tune down, or even have just him have an environment where he'd be comfortable enough to say, I can't do this. Yeah. Let's pick something else. Yeah. But that, again, goes back to the, to the tough job that he, he was yeah. hired for. But like, for instance, he could have done Phantom of the Opera. Yeah. That could have sounded, that could have sounded great. He could do yeah. a lot of Paul stuff. A lot of Paul stuff, and even uh, some of the Bruce stuff that may have been more deep cuts or, or less, like, uh, vibrant. But many of those songs were written by Bruce or by Smith, the more rocking songs. And they didn't want to play too many Smith Dickinson songs. Yeah, I can get that. Because they were out of the band. But uh, like, again, Clairvoyant, The Evil Up and Do, The Trooper, and Hallowed, all those four were almost always in there and almost always tanked. Couldn't they, couldn't they like do, I mean, they could probably do The Prisoner even? Yeah, exactly. But that's, again, Smith. That's true. Yeah. That's a Smith song. And uh, Wasted yeah. Years, he sounds great on that one, at least now. Yeah. I mean, th that one I can, they could have picked stuff. That I, figured, I, f I figured that even though they wrote the stuff for the band, if it's a Maiden song, it's their song, and they should do what they want of it. And I think that not having, uh, you know, making him sing stuff he can't do isn't helping anyone. No. And they did they did play two minutes, most of the gigs. Yeah. That and kinda, it wasn't a great choice either. No, that kind of been good. I mean, Smith, at least song. they're smart and didn't do Aces High, I guess. <laughs> oh, wow. That would have been. But again, he could probably do, do that kind of okay today. Yeah. I mean, maybe octavizing down. And, Slightly, but, you yeah. know, but he could still do it. Yeah, now he became a quite good singer in, in like later years. Because I think. I think he could even maybe even do some of the stuff they tried to make him do here today, but he could also maybe figure out a way to do it today. Whereas back then he just tried to do it straight up and didn't, you know, he could adapt, you could move it around, you could do things and make it work. But here it's like you hear the trooper, it's very obvious someone who can't do what Bruce is, what Bruce does, just trying to make himself do it and it doesn't work. Yeah, like I addressed before, even rhythmically, he's out of it. He yeah, can't it's not, even it's not, nail the rhythm. It's not the way he does it. He's not uh, a fast it's a, singer. It's not like this kind of... No. And Which you can hear in his own studio material later, that he's, he stays to a fairly slow beat, and he does that very well. Even when the music is really fast, he's still kind of not going... He's doing it very, you know, leaving his own space. Yeah. And uh, I guess speaking of war... Yeah. Speaking of... Of Blaze. Of Blaze, we're going to do a, another song yeah. while we're at it. It's a double song episode. Yes. And um, we're heading for the aftermath. Yes. So we've been afraid to strangers, and now we're now the aftermath of being afraid to strangers. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, it's been said that it's actually about Steve Steve's divorce. Like, oh, okay, uh, well, never mind that. Yeah. I thought it's not about because isn't he? Because he sing in the song he sings. I think it's never been confirmed or anything, but it's I mean, like, not very obvious. I mean, none of his stuff is particularly. No, like we sampled him in Twenty uh, Two Cage Avenue, and he managed to say nothing yeah, <laughs> in yeah. either direction. Yeah, like yeah, it's about this girl, or maybe not. Yeah. Like take that. Take but, but that I, I think a lot of times when you write stuff, a lot of times people won't write things that are, you know, uh, 
a literal just well, this is what's going on. Like, for nah. instance, infamously, Metallica's Fade to Black was written after they got their gear stolen and were, you know, not, you know. In, yeah. And, you know, you, but you listen to the song, it sounds like someone's going to kill himself. I doubt that. I think it may have been because of all the controversy around that time. You remember Rob Halford was in court for two guys killing themselves, yeah. apparently because of a song of his. And uh, I think it may have been because of that that they took this story about the gear being stolen. But then again, I could imagine kind of fade into black if all my gear was stolen yeah especially back then they, you know, nowadays you know they could have they could have they could have a hundred guitars stolen now and not notice for like 10 years yeah back then exactly. probably not so much but but yeah aftermath it has this kind of um why are we fighting at all which could strengthen that could, the, that, that could, could strengthen the argument that it might be a the divorce song yeah, like, yeah, yeah. now we're through with this fight and none of us is happy kind of thing and uh, you know it's a lot of x-factor has this vibe of steve just being uh, you know, let's compare it again to Athletic Maiden in 84. This is not that. This is kind of middle-aged Steve, you know. This is the guy sitting home in the middle of the night at 2 a.m. perhaps. Yeah. Exactly. Drinking beer, feeling sorry for himself. Yeah. And it's not, it doesn't work for everyone. Uh, no. not, it, most for, Maiden fans may not be into that vibe. It didn't work for me for a while, but then I did get into it eventually. And I like a lot of the stuff on there, you know. Um, this is not the most exciting song. Well, same here. So I'm, I guess I'm bummed or not bummed. I mean, I came up with the idea or stole the idea of doing a alphabetical order, so it's my fault. But uh, uh, getting like 2 a.m. first and then Aftermath, it sounds yeah. like I hate this album because these two songs, they don't really do it much for me. Uh, I mean, it's it just that even, even the live version of this song, from I guess that would have been from the gig we just listened to maybe even. Yeah. Uh, I think... Um, are better than the studio version. Yeah, I think so too. And strangely enough, because they spent so much time in the studio, right? One well, that's probably years. what happened. You spent, you know, too much time doing anything. You're not gonna, not gonna be very good. Too much time. Yeah, yeah. I think so. And I mean, they spent, uh, I think, with uh, their one of their most expensive albums to date, called "Summer in Time" or "Summer in Time." Uh, they spent uh, four weeks writing it, so they shortened it by two weeks because they figured, like, we always drink the first two weeks anyway, mm. doing nothing. So let's go to Jersey, this island, offshore island in UK. And let's just start writing immediately, which they did. So they, they wrote that album in four weeks, and then um, they recorded it in three studios, which is kind of, you know, splurging out a little bit there economically. Yeah. But I don't think it spent even close to one and a half years, you know. No. It's impossible because they were already at Seven Sum by that time. I, th I think that maybe if we had, if they had Martin Birch still doing, working with them, this would have sounded a lot better. Yeah. Because it's very, it's very thin. There's like, it's not a hell of a lot of, it's, it's not very heavy. I mean, it sounds like a, from from an from a production perspective or from like an audio engineer perspective, it sounds well done, but it doesn't sound like as purposeful as the other ones. It's not. It lacks a bit of focus. It kind of drags out, and it's uh, it's a strange maiden album, a strange cover album. Uh, cover of the album. There's nothing. Essentially, what they did was, which is, I guess, in a certain sense, very brave, but also in other not very smart. Where every single thing about this album. Not everything, but like a lot. Like it looks different. It sounds different. There's different people on it, and it's it's it's, it's so it's not at all. I mean, Fear of the Dark was kind of a departure from, you know, what yeah. people you were familiar with. But this is even more so. I mean, people talk about Load being something when Metallica went crazy, did something nuts. I maintain that uh, the difference between, uh, let's say, Black Album to Load is is far less than it was from Injustice for All to Black Album. But people, because of the hair and stuff. Yeah, but the difference between this and Fear the Dark is huge. It is very big, and I mean, nineties was a strange time for heavy metal, like traditional heavy metal. You had uh, the uprising of uh, 
black metal, death metal, yeah. and later new metal as well. Industrial metal was yeah. huge as well. But these traditional bands, they were struggling. Yeah, I mean, even so, yeah, like we said, maybe it was in the last episode that if, if Bruce had stayed, it's not, you know, or just, well, no, not the last, we just did a few minutes ago. Uh, the um, They might not have been doing that great anyways. That's the thing. That's the thing. I'm very happy with how it all turned out. I think it turned out exactly the way it's supposed to. Yeah, and I addressed in another episode that they had obviously hundreds of applicants for this job. And they picked they pick the right guy because what happened then, you know, even though like we just talked about like how he said didn't sound very good in some of the songs, and we also kind of hinting that we don't really are not thrilled with this one either, but he did do a lot of good stuff. And he also was what they needed because they needed to do that so they could he could come back later. Yeah, he kind of kept the fort, if you will, you know. Uh, like he, he, he took the spot and he did it as, as good as he could. Probably as good as, again, like as, as good as anyone could have really in this. Because yeah. even, it, they probably weren't ideal working. <laughs> no, I mean, and also the Bruce copies you addressed way before, maybe in our intro episode or in another one, but it was recorded. I know I know that uh, you addressed before that um, uh, with Judas Priest. Yeah. They took in a perfect copy of, of Halford. It didn't, that didn't work either. It didn't work really. No. And, and Judas Priest have never really like cemented their spot in, in, in heavy metal history as much as Maiden have. No. Even though they're a huge band, I'm a quite big fan of them, but they always kind of felt like a little bit out of luck and maybe yeah. a little bit worse decision makers. Well, I mean, also, because I think if you look like what, what Priests have done with those two albums, I think they're Jugulator and uh, I can't remember the other one, but the two albums with the, uh, Tim Ripper, Owen on them, yeah. they basically try to just have to forget those exist. They, 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 they don't, they're not on Spotify. Uh, mm. They don't play those songs live, really. Yeah, and, you know, there's yeah, which is too bad because there's some good stuff on them. But yeah. if you take like what Maiden did with uh, Blaze, those songs are still things people like, and they still do them live because they didn't try to copy something else. They did something unique. Some people say it didn't work out, but they they can. That's why they can still, you know, yeah, there's still a lot of affection for that era because they weren't trying to trick anyone by just bringing in a copy of Bruce. I mean, to use a foul word, foul word in the metal sense, they stayed true. Yeah, they really did. Yeah, like they they kept it true to what Maiden is, and yeah. they want a British singer. They don't want a copy of Bruce because it's going to be a lesser version. Let's face it. Yeah, there's there been, there's no uh, one who could have the guy from Grim Reaper. He did a great uh, job uh, on Aces High, I believe it was, or you know Sebastian Bach did a great uh, Children of the Damned. Uh, what what's his face in um, Queensrÿche? Uh, Joff oh, Tate. Yeah, yeah. He wanted he wanted the job too, and everyone wanted him to be the singer because he's almost as good as Bruce. But emphasis on the word almost, right? Yeah. Like, do you really want someone that is almost as good? Or yeah. someone just doing something different that's good as well. And add to that, that the last two albums with Bruce are not that good. They're among my least favorite Maiden albums. Right, well, Fear of the Dark and No Prayer. I mean, not that good is, is, is uh, overstating it a little bit, but yeah. I'm just saying that... Uh, not compared to the other stuff. Even with him, they were not going upwards. No. So maybe it was time for a change, and they really did change. Yeah, and then the when, they, when they did this for, you know, for... Uh, I guess it would have been six years, right? No, sorry, five years. Yeah. And then when everything, when he came back and they did Brave, none of the good stuff, Brave New World, all that stuff would not happen if this hadn't happened. No. And uh, I mean, within the first two years of Bruce being in the band again, yeah. he had performed four songs from, from these, this era. Yeah, when, and which, they, which they probably wouldn't have done. And there would have been probably a lot more uh, bitterness about those albums existing if they just got in, uh, you know, a Bruce Dickinson copy. Yeah, and I mean, as you said with Priest, they hide their past. Sabbath, same thing. Like, there's an album called Tyr from 1990. Not available anywhere, obviously on YouTube, but it's really hard to find it on physical. It's oh, not wow. on Spotify. 
and it's with another singer too oh. and that is he's a good singer but in that case he might be like like a poor man's deal all right so in a way yeah. yeah that's that's too bad because it just because the way i am i, I know the album existed and i i was you know i've heard it quite a, a few times a long time ago I've never wanted to listen to it more than I want to right now because because I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's a little bit sad with bands that have to hide their history. And, you know, even I think, yeah, I'm quite sure, actually, I'm positive that on the official BlackSabbath.com, they are not listed. Let me, let me check this out. Which is, you know, that's almost criminal. <laughs> you know, come on. Because you can, you can still find, you know, if you go on, the, on the, the Iron Maiden website, you'll still find, you know, merch from the Blaze era. And, you know, they're, not, they're not ashamed of that at all, which is because they did the, they did it the right way. No, I mean, count the, the hours of Bruce singing Blaze material on stage since 99. Quite a bit. Quite a bit. And I mean, again, it's four songs, uh, yeah. especially the two epics, Sign of the Cross and Clansman, which makes sense because I think they are among Maiden's best live songs. They did that, yeah, and definitely. And, and then, you know, when they were sound, you know, they, they it'd be so, so, you know, you really suck if they didn't do those because they're, the Clansman has become even bigger and Sign of the Cross was amazing last time. Yeah. Mm. So you are shaking Black Sabbath. Yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to find where the where the discography probably. Uh, so they they mentioned here the, the, the farthest they get here is they mentioned Headless Cross. This this is not even just a list of it's like their you know, the history, which just some uh-huh. some writing something. It comes up to uh, Headless Cross, which came in '89. Uh, I guess Tear came after that, right? Yeah, right. and, and Eternal Idol is probably there because it's on Spotify too. Uh, no, I mean they're doing. Was the first album with Tony Martin? Again, good singer actually. Yeah. Well, well, they don't really know because what they do is here they they um they, they the, the first like the first like five sorry like way more paragraphs are about the Aussie years, and then here at the bottom, you got uh, oh it's like it's like ten paragraphs about the Aussie shit and no, nothing wrong with that that's very good but you, you very briefly mentioned that uh it says uh, several of uh, Black Sabbath's post Osborne albums especially. Heaven and Hell, Mob Rules, and Headless Cross are highly regarded by hardcore fans. But when, uh, what, what? Oh. Oh, God. All right. So, but when all is said and done, the, uh, the, the classic lineup could not be bested. And then just goes into about the reunion and how they played at Ozfest 99, 2002, 2004, 2005. Yeah. They never mentioned the other stuff. No. That's so, a, yeah, I wonder who wrote that. Kind of hiding, the, yeah, exactly. Kind of hiding, hiding the, the, the history of the band. And I mean, in a way, I think uh, Dio is the best uh, heavy metal singer of all time. I think he's slightly better than Bruce, actually. I think, I think he, yeah, he's, he's up there. He's really good. But, uh, but he's Bruce Idol as well, you know. So, uh, but then, actually, I'm a fan of Ozzy Era as well. I think this is like killer, too, killer but I mean, stuff. I mean, I'm sure Tear's fine. Yeah, Tear is fine. It's a pretty cool album. It should be on Spotify. Why not? You know. Well, because, you know, Sharon. Because Sharon, probably, yeah. She's gonna return. She's always haunting my my podcasts in one way or another. Is she? <laughs> you know? Yeah, we've oh, mentioned well, she... her many times on my other one too. Oh, right, right, yeah. Like how... Sharon. We've mentioned her twice in this in this yeah, one exactly. so far. She's, so. she's haunting the heavy metal world, really. Like, uh, but uh, yeah, Maiden did not do this anyway. They are still proud of these albums, and yeah, that's many of their fans are too. Be. Yeah, I mean, again, our friends in Maiden Podden, they don't like X Factor one bit. That's, no, they don't really. And That's they kind a, of make fun of people saying X Factor was the last good album, which also is a bit of a weird statement because it's just not true. No. But it is a good album. And uh, hopefully. It's, it's uh, probably a very. I think a lot of people maybe say Fear the Dark is the last good one. Could be. Could X Factor is probably not as. No, but I, I really dig it. I like it a lot. I like it too, but I th- yeah, you got to kind of. But I think, I mean, I haven't even proven that I like it yet because we've we touched on two songs, which none of them are going to. 
well, on the playlist. Yeah, we're, yeah, I'm going to say we're, this yeah. one's not going on the list. It's not going on the list, no. I know there will be songs that will. Yeah, yeah and there are so many vacant spots, but we still just know that, that yeah. it's not going to, we don't, don't want to. Now, wait a minute. So wait, we said, how many spots did we say initially? 50. 50. 50. And we've done so far. Uh, Three songs plus yeah. two, five songs. Six songs. We've done yeah, six, six songs. So, but Acacia's on there. Yeah. Two minutes. Two minutes is on there. Um, Ace is high. So, so those three. And oh, Fred, Fred, so we got four. We didn't mention that probably, but that's definitely on the list. No, we, I think we mentioned it. Okay, yeah. yeah. So we got four, four up. So we got, so we got uh, forty-six vacant spots. Yeah. And still two a.m. and aftermath are not even gonna. We no. don't want to drag them in the mud, you know. No, but we don't want to salt in their wounds to put them on that list and then drop them. No, they're but they're. I think they're there's there's they're fine. Yeah. Also, there's gonna be. I mean, so far, I just want to point out that. There's going to be Bruce songs that aren't going to make this list as well. Yeah, for sure. We got one coming up pretty soon. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, there are several Bruce songs which are cookie cutter, like just. I mean, not everything. I mean, you know, average, yeah. average stuff. Yeah. But again, they don't really overwork their albums. So, like uh, a song coming up soon, um, The Alchemist. That's one of the songs. All right. That, yeah. Let's see what we think about that one. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. gonna be that's gonna be interesting. We'll see, that's a deep There's cut. also another. Well, we don't have to tease too much. Which ones, you know, but you can figure out which songs we're gonna do, but. I don't want to tease too much what we think about him yet. No. You'll, you'll, you'll get there. You can probably, if you're a big Maiden fan and you're just looking at the list, I'm going to assume that one of the songs we're probably not going to be uh, speaking too fondly of. Say, I can imagine a lot of you are going to agree. Yeah. There's some of them in the, in the A's already, right? So uh, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to, I think so far we've probably said what everyone else is going to say. Yeah. So uh, In that sense, I'm looking forward to the episodes when we completely disagree. Uh, yeah, it'd be that'd fun. be interesting. Yeah. Or if we, if we have a guest that completely disagrees. Well, hopefully we'll get him soon. <laughs> yeah, because so far it's been pretty much, you know, pretty much uh, yeah, uh, even Steven. Yeah. You know, we've, we've been on the same coin with these songs. So, yeah, for Aftermath, we've already decided it's not on the list. Unless, uh, what do you think about it? If you like it or don't like it or if you don't, whatever you want to do, you want to have questions or suggestions or uh, death threats or whatever you want. Yeah. Uh, MaidenHZpod at gmail.com. Uh, by this point, we probably have a Facebook page. Yeah, just search for Maiden A to Z. Yeah, I just made an A Z pod, right? Yeah, yeah. No, no dash or anything. No. So Maiden. Maiden A Z pod and everything, hopefully. Yeah. And if that's not true, we'll fix that. But it's definitely the Gmail is definitely there. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So for this song, I only yes. have one little clip. It's from the same Gothenburg show oh. as Afraid Shoot Strangers oh, yeah, because he, they did play that one. Yeah, I remember this. And it's rarely played live. This is possibly the only version of it properly recorded i think from chile next year 96 you can also find it but um, this is uh, like a pro recording this is on the uh best of the b-sides which is available on the eddie's archive box okay really maybe you can hear that the crowd is smaller i was wrong this isn't the same version that i was thinking about okay could be who knows This is so generic. This is so... Yeah. It's not captivating. But it sounds, when it kicks in, it sounds a little better, because it... But this riff feels more Sabbath than it does Maiden. You're right, you're right. Yeah, I never thought about that before, but this song has a Sabbath vibe. Yeah, this could this could be this could easily be a crappy song on 
you know, a, a deer or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, or Eternal Idol. Yeah. I mean, still all props to Blaze for stepping in. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, again, this is not us dissing him. No, and doing what he did in, in this band. and uh, you know, It's not, not an easy job. And also being, I guess this is maybe the, the main point, and if you would ask Steve Harris, uh, I'm sure it would be his main point that Blaze stayed true to what he was. Mm-hmm. He told his, his stories in his own way, or Harris' yeah, stories yeah. in his own way, and quite an active uh, writer in the band. You know, as yeah. active as Bruce, if you look at the credits. In this song, it's him, Harris, and Gears. Well, um, yeah, that's... That's pretty much the, the writing lineup for these two albums, those three guys. Uh, Murray didn't step up on this album, as we addressed before. He hasn't a single writing credit on it. But he has, he has one or two on the next one, doesn't he? Yeah, I think yeah. Lightning Strikes Twice. That sounds like a yeah. Dave kind of song. Yeah. And, oh, uh, yeah, we'll get to that in a while. Yeah, because on Fear of the Dark, he has more. And on uh, No Prayer, he has the most, I think, in the in the whole career. And I th- also my favorite tunes on that album, which we'll get to. Yeah, that's probably because, you know, he's, you know the other, the other main, one of the big writers wasn't yeah. in the band anymore. So. Just out, so who's going to step in? Yeah. Janik didn't have time to write much for that album. I think one, one it was on one song. Yeah, yeah. Credit, so. so that's it for today. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Kind of getting going here. Yeah, it feels, it feels like we're, we're got, we got, we got a, we're getting, building some momentum. Yeah. And hopefully you guys are liking it so far. Yeah. Uh, Learning as we go. So come in with your suggestions. Again, made an azpod at gmail.com. Yeah. And probably I'm going to hopefully have other social media stuff up and going yeah. soon too. See ya. Up the irons. Bye bye. Shoot, 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 shoot